0: Hello, welcome to the fat Podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Mike. And this week's episode is going to be on Weightlifting 101. So, um, main concept of weightlifting progressive overload. Paul, we'll bring you in. What is progressive overload? Who else are you going to bring in? There might be a third person we haven't introduced yet. The people can't see us. <laughs> we well, haven't got any friends. That is, that is true. Yeah, you're right, to be fair. Why I picked you to do it? But well, because we've only got each other. Yeah. <laughs> and Right, weightlifting. Q <laughs> <laughs> therapy session post-recordings. <laughs> right, so progressive overload is um, anything you do in the gym, it's just progressing that. So, for example, if you do a bench press, three sets of 10, it's how you progress that and increase the amount of load that your muscle's having to do. All right. As you get better in... In the gym, as you increase those weights, your muscles start to adapt and get used to it. So you have to push it a little bit further. And that's when you increase your weights. Excellent. Pretty solid explanation. Um, Okay, so benefits of progressive overload then. Um, There are many. Getting hench, obviously. I think um, what was that? What was the um adjective you made up earlier? Um, badassness. Badassness. Yes, that's- yet to achieve that myself. It, yeah, likewise. Um, probably why we we're only the only friend each other have got. But hey ho. <laughs> um, so yeah, badassness that needs to go into the Oxford Dictionary, and that's my goal for twenty twenty three. Um, so, what benefits of progressive overload then? There are numerous ones, but talk me through some. Um, so obviously, you increase. So, everybody's goal when they go to the gym should be increasing their muscle mass in some respect. Obviously, we've got people, people got different goals. Like athletes, for example, want to increase power, but that would in turn increase uh, the amount of muscle mass they have. But if you increase your muscle mass, you become more metabolically um, active in essential, because muscle is a more metabolic, metabolically active uh, tissue than fat or bone and whatnot. So you do burn slightly more calories. Like don't over-egg it because it's really not much. Um, Increased in bone mineral density, so like females post-menopause um, who have an increase in osteoporosis would have a benefit to that because their bones um, have two ways of of sort of resynthesizing themselves. One is estrogen, the other one's weight training. Um, and that would lead to a, a decreased risk in falls, which is the biggest mortality factor post Fifty-five, I think it, it is. That rings a bell based on Qualis. I think yeah. the little I know about Qualis, but that does ring a bell. Um, the only qualities I know is F one. Um, that was a pop joke, but it wasn't a joke. It was the only Qualis I know. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm not a funny person. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was more the fact you're a very sarcastic person. It just came across very sarcastic. But you know, on we go. Um, so quite a lot of benefits there. Um, Yeah, people like like, at the end of the day, like you go to the gym, you know the benefits. Yeah, like all right, you people. Most people go to the gym because they want to lose weight. Let's face it, but most people should be going because they want to feel better, look better, and increase the (laughs) amount of muscle mass they hold. Like (laughs) at the end of the day, like I don't go to the gym so I can lift however much I lift, but I can lift how much I lift. And sometimes I want I I like shut off. I mean, like I could deadlift them. A small human, and then so yeah, like yeah, so, you know. But no, I know what you're saying. It's an um, it can tickle the ego sometimes, yeah. which is not for anyone else. It's for you personally. I agree with that completely. Like, and no, I don't think I've ever had anybody come to me and be like, "Oh, I'm too strong." <laughs> <laughs> oh i want to be weaker please yeah no one's ever done no. that i think as well and i think that's what people underestimate the fact that actually increases in muscle masses are byproducts of most things you do exercise based yeah um especially strength wise yeah 100 like if you get stronger you put more muscle mass on it's just simple really like yeah. um obviously with, with when it comes to building muscle, you just need to increase the volume week by week. So if, like I said at the start, if you do three sets of 10 on a bench press at 100 kilos, then next week you can either up the amount of weight you do to 102, you can increase the amount of reps to 11, or you can increase the amount of sets to four. And each either any one of those would see a benefit. You would increase the, or you would push progressive overload and in turn increase muscle mass. Yeah. So it's quite easy to create really, I suppose, is what you're so yeah, they—you know—they you... three main factors. Like, providing that you're training enough. Like, if you go and do bench press once a week, yeah. or four sets of chest once a week, you're probably not tickling yourself enough to actually have any benefit. And if you're tickling yourself in the gym, that's another sort of problem completely. I'd argue. Yeah, poor joke. Um, <laughs> so I've seen some things. I've seen some bad things in the gym. Yeah, to be honest with you, some of the stuff I have seen, I'd rather see someone tickle itself I saw someone, I think I told you the other day, they had 50 kilos on an incline dumbbell press, and then they got someone who was just standing next to them to put a set of six kilos sort of perpendicular on top of the 50s. So it was okay. lifting 50 kilos, but then it balanced some six kilos on top of those 50s. I'd argue at that point just use a barbell. Barb. I just looked it in more than that. And this is the gym we normally go to, right? Yeah. 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 This is the gym that you're not allowed to take a bag next and put a bag next to you by or chalk, but yet they'll let somebody rest a dumbbell on top of a dumbbell to do an incline bench press. Yeah. That's it. The ones where yesterday I went for a shower and the showers broken a I also had that problem. Yeah. I had to shower with a light trickle wasn't, wasn't good. Um I had to go straight afterwards, so I have to. Um, anyway, we digress. So yeah, three main players, how to create it. I suppose that's gym-based though. So uh, for example, someone that's training at home, how would they create something like that? So obviously it's three basic, there's three core principles you've mentioned there um, in weight, reps and sets. We're um, kind of outside of the box more so, how would you bring kind of impressive overload into the session. Um, like, if you're working out from home, like, you just need to work... Like you said, you need to think outside the box. So the first thing I'd probably tell is, tell one of my clients to do if they worked out from home <clears throat> and they don't have the capacity to join a gym afford dumbbells or anything like that, I'd get them to just fill a backpack full of just tinned goods. <coughs> we all did it through COVID. Yeah, exactly. And, like, <coughs> people probably learned a lot through COVID. But there's other ways. I mean, if you increased the... Increase the tempo or decrease decrease the tempo of the movement. So, for example, a squat, instead of just doing a body weight squat, you on the downward phase count it to five. Yeah. Um, You'd probably increase the length of that set by five to be fair, because people don't usually go down for like two, three seconds. So, You'd obviously have that muscle under tension for longer, so therefore you'd have to adapt. You can pause at the top, you can pause at the bottom, depending on what movement you're doing. You can pulse at the bottom. You can do one and a half reps every rep. You can increase the range of motion, so you can put yourself on a like with a bicep curl, you can sort of put yourself on an incline. Um, so sort of shove some pillows behind your back and lean up against the set against sort of the arm of the settee and have one arm dangling off. You're increasing the range of motion of the bicep. Yep and you can sort of if you do have weights you can pre-exhaust the muscles so you might want to do um some press-ups before you go into a bench press and obviously your muscles lost some energy because you're doing the press-ups so it's having to work harder for the set that you're doing where the weight might not be the same um and then like the key really is just to make sure your form's good yeah and don't put some six kilos on top of the (laughs) fifty. just go to the manager and ask him to buy some 50 bars yeah Yeah, because six kilos not a lot but if it falls on your face I think six kilo wins over your nose to be honest with you so I'm gonna call that and obviously there you know that's a home-based training as well but also that does cross into the gym as well I guess and I suppose you could also do single limb motions so instead of doing squats you know you're doing Bulgarian split squats you're doing things like that to if, you got the, if you've got the capacity to, I mean, like a any split squats or any single arm, single leg movements, especially are going to yeah. be a lot harder and a lot more advanced for people. Um, and Bulgarians are horrific. I really like them, but a lot of people hate them. I'd agree with you on that. I do. Apart from them eccentric ones we did a few months back, which were a six second eccentric, which is the down phase, which were truly awful. I did not enjoy them. Not my tendinopathy in my knee. <laughs> yeah, but your issue is you just like, oh, I don't really want to strip this weight, and you're just like, all oh, right, well, sweet, I'll do it with your weight, and then you'll get three reps in and be like, well, my knee's like screaming at me. Yeah, yeah. and okay. you just, you just like, oh yes, yeah, sweet, I'll do it. Like you still doing a PhD, like you should be smarter than this. <laughs> How many physios do we know? Like, oh, like countless. In, but in, in our Circle, well, outer circle of friends. How many physios do you know? And you just ignore every piece of that. Oh, uh, compl- And they shout at me a lot for this. Um, logically, I know it's being, but you know, ego. Um, <laughs> one one point we didn't touch on there as well. Bands, use of bands. So I, I think that's something that a lot of people took away from COVID when the gyms closed. I bought a set of bands, which was the best forty pound I've ever spent in my life. Um. Yeah, they were they were definitely worth investing in if you are training at home. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah, absolutely. And you can obviously you can put them with weights as well. Yeah. So that, like for example, if you're gonna if you want to <laughs> um get a pull-up. So if you can't pull your body weight up, but you want to, like you can start with a banded pull-up. So if you get the green band, I think it goes up to like fifty-five, 60 something like yeah. that. So you swab it round lobby knee in it and just start pulling up and get as many as you can out. And the principle of progressive overload there would be all right, well, I've got three with a green band next week. If I get four, then brilliant. <clears throat> and then eventually you'll get so many, but like, oh, sweet, I'll try the purple band. And th- that is <clears throat> essentially just progressive overload. And the end point of that progressive overload would be getting a pull up full body weight. Yeah. And then from there, it's, oh, let's add some weight. So we have like the key here isn't always add weight. Of course. Because I would argue that the amount of sets you do is probably. Throughout the week is probably the key. Yeah. Um, I suppose, based on that, you know, it, it, it's it, at what point do you stop? I suppose. Um, so, without getting too technical, we've got two kind of endpoints. So, we've got the point at which you need to train past to grow muscle, which is called your minimum effective volume. And um, so, for beginners, that's going to be a lot lower. For people who are more advanced, it's going to be a lot higher but if you get past that during the week, you're going to grow a muscle, all right? Yeah. There is no way to know where that is without finding it. Yeah. It's a trial and error thing again. Yeah, because any research that's been on, there's it's just not enough population and everybody's different. Yeah. Um, but you also need to be under your maximum recoverable volume, which I always stumble on because there's too many R's and B's in um, which is sort of the top end. So like how much can you actually recover from? So, like, if you do GVT five days a week, that's yeah, general volume training for the person. Yeah, so G- GVT is 10 sets to 10 with a minute's rest. I don't think it has to be a minute's rest. I think it can be, yeah, I don't think the rest matters. You're supposed to time it at some point, but it could be a minute, could be two, it could be... Anyway, 10, 10 sets of 10 is just fucking stupid anyway. It's gross. It's stupid. It is gross, but it's just stupid. So, for example, if you do 10 sets of squats at... 80% of your one RM yeah. um, or 10 sets of squats, like for anybody. One is boring as fuck. Yeah. Like, if, imagine if you, someone was paying me as much, like a considerable amount of money and I take them into the gym and I'm like, sweet. We're going to do 10 squats, sets of squats. And 100 squats today. We're going to do 10 sets of squats and then we're going to do 10 sets of deadlifts. Yeah. And then you're going to shake all day and they're gonna, and then it. you're yeah. going to ring me tomorrow saying you ate it. Yeah. All right. It's boring, it's hard, and it's pointless. Yeah. Because you've gone way beyond your maximum recovery volume for the week, probably within that session for most people. Oh, God. Yeah. I remember years ago doing it. And, you know, if you did that session similar to that on a Monday, it was Thursday before you started feeling all right again. It was horrific. Yeah. And it's obviously, we don't really know again where that maximum recovery volume is, but you will hit that a lot. Sooner than you probably think, because the more you train, that gap probably increases, but that gap gets further away from zero. Um, so we sort of know that to grow muscle, you probably need to do eight to 20 sets per muscle group per week, depending on your ability. And this is why we'd sort of like for a, a chest exercise, for example, you probably do four or five different exercises during the week. Um, and we also know that you would probably gain more muscle by spreading that out over the week. So you wouldn't do sort of 20 sets in one session because you're only stimulating that muscle once then. That makes sense. Whereas if you did 20 sessions, 20 sets in two sessions and did 10 sets in each session, you've stimulated enough to cause growth price. That makes after yeah, a while well, it's, it's, it's um a lot of diminished returns is that what it's called so after a while basically is that what it's called a, a, a pass to be honest with you basically after after a certain point in if you did 20 sets in one muscle in one muscle group in one session after a point maybe eight to twelve depending on how hard you're working what your yeah. forms like how heavy it is Etc all these different factors you're not gaining anything apart from just Fatiguing. Yeah. And probably your shoulders screaming at you. If you're doing bench. There like is that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, some interesting, interesting points there. Um, I suppose as well. So for a lot of people that are obviously going into the gym and doing what they do, kind of how do you measuring your progress, I suppose. How do you measure like the Progressive overload. Oh, progressive overload. Yeah, that's the one. Sorry, my blank there completely. Um it's on that piece of paper in front of Yeah, no, I read it twice as well, but it just wouldn't come out. Might be my handwriting. Um so measuring progressive overload, pretty easy, really, because if you did three sets of ten last week and did four sets of ten this week, then it's pretty easy. Measuring if that's working and translating into muscle mass is a little bit different. So um Mike Israel summed it really well in basically if you into the gym and you work hard, all right. So out of 10 being like absolutely killed myself in the gym, seven to nine. Do you ache? Like ache isn't a sign of a good workout, but if you ache, like if it's if you go through a bicep curl and you like the burn is real and you're aching from it, yeah, you've pushed your muscle to the point of where it needs to adapt. And then do you have a pump? Yes. So, a pump is where your muscles like full of blood because you've had to, it's working. Yeah. The generic, pump. the generic way is the bicep curl trying to touch your shoulder after you've done a lot of biceps. And yeah, when you're the shoulder, yeah, you, you wear pump. a real tight t shirt and like at the start, it's real baggy on your biceps. And by the end of it, your biceps are like, yeah, I want to get out. Yeah. Um, never had it, but anyway. Um, so if you do those three in a session and you have those three markers, then. The likelihood is that you're above your minimal effective volume for that session, and you would grow. But then, obviously, if you're tracking your your weight sessions and you um, you track your load, so you track your weight, you track your reps, you track you track your sets week by week, you, and they, those three are growing. Any one of those three, it doesn't matter how how fast it goes up, doesn't matter how high it goes up, doesn't matter how or which one goes up, and it doesn't even matter if it doesn't go up in a week. Just make sure that it's going up like over a period of time. Similarly, weight going down, it's not going to go down every week, but it should go down. Then you it's quite easy to track. Yeah. So get yourself an app. Like all my clients are on my app. So like I can see their progress on a chart, bench press, 10k, 12.5k, 15k. I can see the progress. And then those reps. That makes sense. Makes complete sense. Pretty easy, really. Yeah. It's just about it's just about actually well, it's that's simple simply put writing stuff down and tracking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the hard the hard actually doing it. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Because to actually grow muscle, you've got to put yourself in a body where your body in a position where it's comfortable. And that's where people fail, because like, oh my arm hurts. My, yeah, it's going to. <laughs> yeah, that's like your body being like, oh, kind of need to change now. Yeah. yeah. No one's done ever done a heavy deadlifting gone that felt amazing right. Dead, deadlifts are shit for hypertrophy though okay I'll stand by that deadlift risk reward discuss but, deadlifts are, but the lay person the people we're, we're talking to now hopefully if you listen <laughs> I hope them two listeners <laughs> <Three>. thanks mum <laughs> my mum don't listen <laughs> um, my mum's embedded on getting pissed uh, <laughs> she has Crocs on though maybe not Okay. Even though she rinses me about man. Um, I mean, um yeah, I've lost my train of thought. What was I saying? I've also done the same. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so if your body, if you're not putting yourself in a position yeah. where it's deadlifts uncomfortable, That's it. uncomfortable, then you're not going to progress. But deadlifts, if you're not if you're a lay person deadlifting, the risk of getting injured during a deadlift is high. Yeah. We know that. If you're a lay person and haven't been taught properly and you're not competing in deadlifting, that deadlift. That makes a lot of sense. Uh get a trap bar, get some blocks, take a deadlift off a six to twelve inch block. <coughs> because makes there's sense. less hip hinge, there's less lot of torque going through the lower back, and it's a lot, it's just a lot easier movement with less risk. I mean, we we've, we've I think we've seen it countless times in the past six months at the gym we train app where you just look at it and go, they're gonna hurt themselves, you know. Like they it's not going to be long before they're injured. And yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one. I saw a, I saw a, someone, um, teaching someone a, I think it's a Jefferson deadlift. Do you know where they? You stand on a block and it's a deficit, and you essentially yes, you essentially crunch your vertebrae down one by one. Yeah, and essentially have a bad form deadlift, uh, which is like a stupid advanced deadlift and the people doing it weren't, <laughs> weren't advanced didn't, it didn't look that way i mean i'm not here to judge by any stretch of imagination but i wouldn't do it i guess it's putting people in vulnerable positions you know um you know it, it, that person gets injured it's not on me i not okay. well yeah there is that i suppose um yeah makes sense <laughs> i didn't i didn't program it <laughs> nothing to do with me it's fine I, it's absolutely i, fine. I, pro- I program trap bar tra- tra- deadlifts because <laughs> one it's a really easy movement for people to do because it is just half a deadlift really yeah and it just increases sort of that spinal um awareness sort of through through the core and through the top of the shoulders and it's a great leg movement like it's good quad hamstring glutes I agree with that it's a good bit it's a good one to learn from if you then if you want to progress if you enjoy that movement i'd argue not many people enjoy the movement but you know it's um if people if people do want to do that it's a great are you speaking about yourself there oh i hate deadlifting i hate deadlifting so much deadlift i like deadlifting i don't um super strong groins it's all i'm not i'm very groiny <laughs> another adjective we've made up this evening um so to summarize because we've gone on a massive tangent about um bed grinds, <laughs> groins and groins bad form and all that kind of stuff progressive overload so quick minute snippet someone's just gets say, imagine we'll say susan For some reason i always say so this. imagine a woman called susan she's just going to start weight training she's listening to this podcast on progressive overload quick minute snap How does she program it? Um, Fucking hell. Basically, (laughs) pick your exercises. All right. That's probably a podcast in itself. Pick your exercises, pick your rep ranges. Don't go too stupid. Um, Don't have to go three sets of 10. And then just increase either your load that you're lifting, as long as it's a good form, increase the sets, increase the reps over the week. Simple. And just, also, be aware that, like for example, like a deadlift hits quads, glutes, hamstrings, calves, shoulders to an extent. So that would be a set on those. Makes sense. So, like, you don't want to be doing yeah. a limit your compound movements. Yeah, to- so a, com- a compound yeah. movement, so where it's got multi joints and multi muscles moving, and um, will sort of put sets into different muscle groups. Okay, thank you very much, Paul. I'm sure people will uh, appreciate that. Um, before we go, uh, big news coming out of E5 currently. Um, we mentioned it last week. Paul, please talk us through not a slimming club. Club. It's a mouthful, isn't it? It, it is. You've really picked a, it a real mouthful. But <laughs> well, it's not a slimming club. But it's still a club. But it's not, it's not a slimming club. Yeah. Club. So you've got to put a comma in there. Okay. Let me repeat that. Not a slimming club. Club. More of a semicolon. But okay. So a <laughs> bit facetious, though. Pedantic, not facetious, there was no anger in it. So, <laughs> so Not A Slimming Club, Club, basically it's about taking people who have been let down by Slimming World, by um, people, selling them transformation plans and basing everything just purely on how they look, how much they weigh. And your body type. Yeah. And <laughs> just basically giving them misinformation and taking them out of that, helping them love themselves, love working out love the foods that they can eat and still get to where they want to be Good. and not focusing on the weight. Um the idea behind it all is we've got six weeks where you get bi-weekly check-ins so you get to speak to me um on my app, which is delightful. Really simple to do that Um and then every other week we've got nutrition phone calls with our nutrition Zooms with all of my clients, as well as the people on the six week thing. So you can ask questions between each other and building a community so we can all help each other rather than it just be, oh, Paul, what's this? And it's some, um, one of my clients who might be post-menopausal who's struggling with hot flushes where I can't really resonate with that. Yeah, that makes sense. I know a little bit about it, don't get me wrong, not being there. Well, yes, but it's one of the things you can read about it all day long, but you don't you haven't experienced it. No. Nope. You know? I can't you'd be like, oh, just cool down. Yeah, just fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't do that. You know, so yeah, no, that that's and a great idea. It's about building a community and it's about building sort of the resilience behind people, but also empowering them to do something that creates that self-love rather than that self-deprecating thing of I stand on the scales and I hate myself because of it. Yeah. So, that sounds like a great um a great club to be a part of um, how do they how do they find you Paul how do they get more information on this so if you go on to my Instagram at Paul underscore Ellis underscore NP um, you can either message me asking for more information or you could just go onto my bio there's link in there which will sign you up to the waiting list which is there's no commitment or anything it's just it just gives you more information so I do just keep sending emails out to everybody who doesn't want it that makes a lot of sense. No one likes spam. I think my, all my emails seem to go into people's spam, to be fair. Half the, the man, half do, half don't. It's a very you need to look into that. It's very strange. Um, but no, maybe, maybe you need to not put me in your spam. I mean it's not an active thing. Like I speak to you daily. This is like if it's not an active thing I'm doing. Well, it's anyway, like a personal attack. We'll ha- we'll have this marital type argument. When we finish the podcast. <laughs> so thank you everybody for listening. Um, we will speak to you next week. Um, and I'm gonna sign up. Ciao. I'm gonna stick with that. I like it. It's like you've been to Italy. Definitely haven't, but I'm gonna I'm staying with it. We're in it now. Ciao. Cheers, guys. See you soon.